0: What's up, three count listeners? If this is your favorite podcast, I mean, of course it is, and you want to look super fly but not like Jimmy, the three count has new merch on ProWrestlingTees.com slash the three count pod. Remember the number three. ProWrestlingTees.com slash the three count pod. The number three. Make sure you use those sidewalks to keep off them streets. JJ
1: out. practice, I make progress. It's the Postman. You're listening to me on the Three Count Podcast.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name is Chaz Evans and you are listening to a special edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering the Ring! Ah, Let's go down! Buster list. Introducing first. Uh, he's coming in today weighing in at a uh, let's see here, look at my notes. Coming in tonight weighing in at a 215 pounds. He has a height of 510 from Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. He is the red dog. He's the second in command. He's the man that runs this show. I'm just a figurehead. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Cliff Miller.
3: Alright, new catchphrase. that's it that's, that's the catchphrase
2: all then and introducing second well he's not here but i'm going to tell uh, announce him anyway uh, he is the uh 47 18 time world national heavyweight africa kimbade universal negro spiritual singing hide your kids hide your wife Smack your mama because that chicken tastes like Kentucky Fried Chicken. He is the uh, African-American Pan World United States African Negro World Champion. He's not here, but hey, give it up for Chris Idol. He's fighting the fight with the Rona. Yep, that's what we're going to call it. Yep, that's why he's not here.
3: It's he's always good talking. to be here.
2: Yeah, I see what, yep, <laughs> as you would say, always good to be here. And anyway, anyway, introducing last, but certainly not the least he's my little brother and the only reason he's on the show is because he's my little brother ladies and gentlemen some of you may know him as josh some of you know him as napster but here we call him jj jj <clears throat>
0: i like to thank the sidewalks keep me off the street it's dangerous out here uh you know we're going through an apocalypse now it's like you know they just add on the dlc for apocalypse so I don't know why they added that on, but you know it's okay. DLC. But you know it's okay. You know, you know, you get a new month after every month you get a new DLC I know
2: I know I I know the concept of DLC. I'm not
1: Did you hear we got a new DLC for Ebola? <laughs> Goodbye. <West Anyway>. Congo. <laughs> this is why we don't have you talk. God.
2: <laughs> this is why we don't have you talk. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So like I said, this is the three count podcast present. Now enter the ring. I am excited, okay? I want everyone to understand my excitement right now because listen, when I I personally told Cliff, I said, he said, who do you want on the podcast interview? I first, probably one of the first people I said, I want J.T. Funk on our show. <laughs> I said, make it happen. And he did. So I've been excited ever since. So <laughs> let me introduce to you guys probably one of my favorite guys on the independence right now. And that's J.T. Funk.
1: Hey, what's going on, man? Listen. I'm gonna tell you guys for the longest time. When I first spoke to Cliff on Facebook, I said when he asked me, I said yes for sure. And ever since that day, I've been so excited to be on a three count podcast. I'm not even gonna
2: lie. <laughs> oh man, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're we're happy you are excited. Cause like I said, I don't know, I don't know about all of them, but I'm super stoked. Like <laughs> I feel like I'm like talking to like seriously like on like the level like I have like my you know my favorite W guys, but I'm like. Talking to my favorite indie guy right now, and I'm like, I here, like fanboying the fuck out right now.
1: <laughs> so all, all I'm going to say is, man, it's really cool to watch me live, but I think once you talk to me, you know, I think you'll love me a lot more as a person in wrestling. That's,
2: that's true. That's facts. I think I've met you. I met you once. You had came to a WCF show. It was, I think it was, it was, was it last year. I, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Hey, uh, Geez, that was that long ago? You. i was gonna say because i was a part of all the 2019 shows and right I don't right right you are, yeah, geez, <laughs> good gracious
2: let's just let you know time be flying but I've, i met you that day and i've been a fan ever since and so let's we're gonna get right down to business we gotta we gotta four questions for you then we got our lightning rapid fire question at the end so i'm gonna start us off cliff will follow and then the old runt here he will come in at the end so, okay. first question. I got to know, and I know our listeners want to know, who is J.T. Funk? <laughs> uh,
1: well, originally, let's just say, the we got to start with the origin, right, where I came from. Um, I originally started as uh, J.T. Harris, which J.T. Harris is my shoot real last name. And um, I always envisioned, when I, when I realized I wanted to become a professional wrestler, I realized I wanted two initials and a name. I didn't want a first and last name. I wanted, like, two initials with, like, a last name or just a name period, right? So, I'm like, man, when they told me, I was, like, a year and a half into my training. And my trainer goes, we think you're ready to have your first match. And I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm ready. I don't think I'm ready. And he was like, yeah, you're ready. Start ordering the gear and start thinking of a name. So, I'm like, ah, oh, man, I couldn't. And I'm like, all right. You know, so as, as it got closer to me making my debut, I started, I'm like, ah, just going through different names in my head or whatever. So um my I started with the letter J, which is my shoot name is Jake. You know, so I was like, okay, let's start with a J. Um and I was like, you know, fidgeting different letters. I was like, ah, my middle name started with a L. Nah J L, I don't like that. And that's too corny. So I did uh where I was from, which I'm from Trenton, New Jersey. So I was like JT. Oh, I like JT. That's cool. I like J T. Um and then I I used Harris. So actually my first ever match was J.T. Harris. It wasn't Funk yet. So uh, once I left that company, I started an arrival company, and he was like, hey, man, we want to bring you in. We know you're the new kid on the block, but we don't want to bring you in as J.T. Harris. We like the J.T. part, but we cut the Harris part off. I was like, ah, okay. So Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars, obviously that's my theme song. It just came out around this time, 2015. And he's like, "Uh, well, what about Funk? And I was like, I love it, J.T. Funk. Oh, my God, I love it. So a promoter um, in Delaware, Sean Hardy, his promotion is 1CW. He came up with the name. He came up with the Funk part. So, um, but to answer your question, I think JT Funk, when you hear Funk, it's universal. You know, it's people want to have a good time. They want to dance. You know, they in a good mood, you know. So I think JT Harris, people can't really relate. I think you would have to go in a little bit more deeper to find out who JT Harris is. But I think JT Funk is universal. I think everybody can relate. And thus far, people they can relate to JT Funk. So that's who JT Funk is. That's an extension of who I am. A guy who just likes to have a good time. I'm laid back. I'm outspoken. You know, and it's just all positive vibes. You respect me? I respect you. You know?
2: Facts, facts, facts. So next question is, uh, who has been one of your inspirations uh, as you've been wrestling so far?
1: Uh, Well, again i go back to my origin the rock is a big inspiration for me um he's the guy that i got into wrestling who like i first saw him on tv and i instantly fell in love and i was like wow man he's just able to capture. me this was even before he even wrestled that night he just he was just cutting promo and i was just like wow man like it was just amazing i was just like wow so that literally sat me down as a a six-year-old kid and i was like wow what is this stuff and um, I fell in love with it then. Um, so, the rock was the origin. Uh, but as time passed on, I'll just fast forward to, like, around the time I started getting into wrestling, the train. Um, guys, smaller guys, guys like Daniel Bryan, um, Shawn Michaels, uh, Shelton Benjamin, um, Rod Van Dam, guys like that um, that I really look, looked up to and guys that I kind of, like, took a couple things from them um, as I progressed in wrestling. So, yeah, those guys, like Daniel Bryan, like, when Daniel Bryan was hot in 2014, like, that was the year I started wrestling. And, oh, man, I was trying to take as much as I can from him. Um, but, uh, yeah, Daniel, i just say Daniel Bryan and Shawn Michaels, um, Shelton Benjamin. Those
2: guys were, like, huge influences on JT Buck. Shelton Benjamin. Like, uh, man, I love Shelton Benjamin.
1: Yeah, his athleticism is crazy. That's where I get my hops from. My, man. Oh my God, the things that I do, like, my uh, leapfrogs are really high. And my splash, I get the splash from Sheldon Benjamin because he jumped really
2: high, you know. Yeah, Sheldon has always been one of those uber athletic guys that just does so much amazing stuff. Oh yeah. Yes, so,
1: absolutely.
2: what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten?
1: <laughs> oh man, it's, it's it's one of my greatest advice ever. Um, I got it from Shane, Shane Douglas, the franchise Shane Douglas. Um, I just I, had, I was maybe like. Two or three months into the JT Funk gimmick Um, And he was Wrestling at one of the shows that I was in And um, he was doing a seminar And right after the seminar um, I asked him a question privately I said listen I'm having trouble finding my gimmick You know You had one of the best gimmicks in wrestling history The franchise, Shane Douglas at ECW it um, It was phenomenal That's really when he came into himself And I asked him, I said listen I'm having trouble finding my gimmick What advice can you help me or give me to help me find my? He said, "Think of five guys that you that you absolutely love. Take five of those five guys that you idolize or want to be like. Take things from them. Different things that those five guys do. It could be the way they talk, the way they walk, their facial expressions, the way their promos are cut." Just take from them. And I was like, uh, okay. It, 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 it wasn't clicking instantly. But as time progressed, time moved on, I started to pick up things that The Rock do. I started to pick up things that Dolph Ziggler do. I started to pick up things that Shelton Benjamin do. Things that Rob Van them do. Just little things, you know. I, I take from all these guys. I don't just, you know, pick. But it's certain things that I, I really love about them that I incorporate in what I do. And that's really how you got J T Funk. So that's literally the best advice I ever got was from Shane Douglas. He helped me find J T Funk in a way.
2: That's awesome. And so my final question is, um, I gotta ask, what's your take on the uh, the George Floyd uh, movement that's going on right now?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Honestly, I wasn't expecting that question, but I think it needs to be discussed. My take on that is right for. For, since the beginning of time, since the, let's start with the origin. We have to start with the origin. Since the beginning of time, um, and I have a lot of Caucasian friends. I have a lot of white friends. I'm you know, i not prejudiced. I'm not racist. You know what I mean? But the truth is the truth is the truth. Since the beginning of time, we have been castrated. We've been violated. We've been brutal. We've been murdered. We've been victimized by Caucasians since the beginning of time, man. Since, since the beginning of slavery. You know, and, and, you know, so all them years of hurt and pain and suffering and hurt that we see, we've heard our ancestors and stuff that they experienced. And then to fast forward to the things that Martin Luther King experienced, you know, um, the, non, the non-violence the protests and, and all the things that he was able to accomplish, but they still, you know, harassed him and beat him, put him in jail. You know, all the things that that's just been happening over time in history it's been something that's been going on and it's unfortunate but I think something needs to be done not the same thing that's been done for years the non-violence because like I mentioned earlier like a cat for example a cat, an animal a cat is so modest a cat won't bother you you know they're very modest they're very quiet they won't bother you but if you push a cat into a corner and you push a cat into a corner they're going to scratch your eyes out they're going to do whatever they got to do to get away from you harming them and I'm, I'm not saying that we have to be violent towards police officers, but I think police, officer, police officers need to be held accountable to the same standard that humans, you know, because I hear a lot of people mention, well, nobody's talking about black-on-black crimes. Well, if two black people kill each other, one of them is dead and one of them is going to jail for life. It's not the same standard for a cop. If a cop do something wrong, if they commit a crime, they're not being held to the same standard, you know. And we got cameras and stuff now. It's like almost impossible for, like, them to not be innocent, because it's like the stuff been going on for years, and it wasn't really cameras and smartphones back then, you know what I'm saying? But we're visualizing it, we're seeing it now, you know. So I, honestly, my issue is, is they, the police officer. When I say they, I mean police officer, black police officers too, because they do bad stuff too. I think they need to be held accountable for what they do. You know, if you commit a murder that's unlawful or, or it was wrong, you need to be put in jail for life. And I guarantee if these police officers are, are held accountable for their actions, they won't be so trigger-happy to kill us, kill blacks. You know what I'm saying? They, they won't be so – but a lot of times they're rewarded with killing us. They're, they get early retirement. They get all these different type of pay, pay – Early, early leave, you know, all these different rewards that they get for killing uh, innocent black life. It's not being taken serious, you know? So I just think that police officers literally, literally need to be held accountable for their actions, you know? And, you know, because we're tired. We're tired of the people. We're tired of, you know, getting pulled over and saying, yes, sir, and, and being respectful and giving them the respect, but they're not giving us respect. So if for years and years, if you're not giving respect, if you're not respected as a human, sometimes you got to make people feel how you feel. It. By any means necessary. I don't mean just being violent all the time, but whatever it takes to make people respect you, you have to do it. You know what I mean? Because people are going to do whatever they want to you. And me personally, I'm not going to allow a person to do anything they want to me. You know? Whether if i to physically put my hands on them or if i got to yell or shout or pull them to the side and say, hey, listen, don't treat me like that. I'm a human being. It's not right. It's wrong. Don't do that. You know what I'm saying? And how we feel now is like it's either me or the cop want to die. I, I don't, I don't want to die. Right. So, do I want to go to jail for killing the cop? Maybe, because he's going to kill me. So either be killed. Kill me or be killed. You know what I mean? So, I don't know, man. I just, I just think police officers need to be held accountable, like humans, like citizens are, civilians.
3: Facts. Right. right. I mean, I agree with all your points. I would say that I would hold them to a higher standard. Than the civilians, because with the military, me being a former military and knowing military, we have two different rules that we have to we have to follow. We have the UCMJ, which is the military justice code, and then you have the laws that you have to follow. So, I mean, I agree, I agree with you on all your points, man. So, um, so I'm I'm gonna try to take it to a lighter side, I guess. (laughs) That's a pretty heavy question. (laughs) So, (laughs) I guess my my uh my question for you would be, what's the hardest part about being a wrestler?
1: I guess I can answer that two ways. Um, two ways. The the first one would be, um, the, the, you said the question. What was the hardest? What's the hardest part about wrestling?
3: Right. Being a wrestler, yeah.
1: Being a wrestler. Um, I think number one is, uh, that you have to deal with a lot of politics and those politics is a very very scary thing and it can get it can get to you if you allow it um so definitely politics and i'm gonna give you an example um the first night i won uh, my first world heavyweight champion for 1cw in delaware um the guy that i was gonna take the belt from he's like maybe 300 pounds he's roided up like crazy he can't really do much in the ring i'm not shitting on him but it's the truth he couldn't really hang with me but um he didn't want to drop the belt to me. Why? Because I'm I'm 185 pounds. He's two two hundred pounds bigger than me. He don't want to lose it to me. You know. Um. So he politic. He politic his way to not lose the belt. So they they had their sights set that they wanted me to be champion, right? Um. So he politic. He politic his whole way of not dropping to me that night. So they ended up adding Mr. Grimm to the match and it became a triple threat match. And it, I think looking back on it, I think I was booked to be weak, but it wasn't a promoter's choice because the promoter wanted to make me happy and also make his then heavyweight champion happy. But it's business. If, if if you're the promoter and you want me to be champion, if he don't respect it, that's he's not doing business. Now, mind you, if as a we're professional, we're professional. So if I'm getting off topic in a little bit, but I'm, I'm gonna come back around, I promise. Um, so how I do business? If is, if there's something that a promoter's asking me specifically and I really don't like it. I'll try to work with him. That's what I was talking about with being professional and just being, you know, just trying to work with people, just being approachable. You know, I always try to work with him and say, hey, I don't really like that idea, but what if we do this? Show them that I care about what we're doing. Um, You know what I mean? And we can try to facilitate something that works collectively for him and for me. You know what I mean? Because I'm not going to do something I don't want to do, you know, but... I, I would like to give people the lead way and say, all right, I see where you're going, but what if we change this a little bit? So uh, politics, because he really didn't want to drop. So he politics his way out of it, and they added Grim to the match. And I ended up winning the heavyweight champion tonight, but it was just so much politics. I was so annoyed at a night that it was supposed to be special to me and, you know, supposed to mean everything to me. But it was so hard because it was so much politics. And I'm like, wow, dude, can you drop the belt already? Um, So that's politics, and it's one. And two would be, um, like, I would just say the beginning aspect of wrestling. Just building yourself up because it's, it's so hard in the beginning as a wrestler. Um, it's so hard, you know. Like, for me, when I first started, it was so hard. Like, a lot of people didn't want to help me. I don't know what the reason was why people didn't want to help me. Uh, um, I don't know. I can't say it was – I'm not going to say it because I'm black, I'm not going to say it's because I was small. I just think people didn't really know me. You know what I mean? But I just wanted an opportunity. Um, and I just think it's hard getting your name out there and getting on shows. I think that's hard. But once you do it, it's easy. But I just think just getting your name out there and grinding and putting miles in your car and showing up to shows, setting up the ring, and not getting paid, that's very hard. It was very challenging for me at first. You know, I almost wanted to give up. Um, but I was like, no, this is my passion. I'm having a good time. You know, I can't allow people to stop. So, one, politics, and two, um, you know, your first year, your first couple of years as a rookie
3: is hard. So, going from all the hard stuff, what's been your favorite interactions with fans?
1: <laughs> um, honestly, I don't have a particular interaction, but for me – it's, it's intermission, like intermission where I can like literally approach them and literally talk to them and kind of get to know me. I can kind of get to know them. And it's just fun. Like I, I was mentioning earlier to my cousin. I was like, um, I really like wrestling before intermission because once they see what I can do, then it's like, wow, it's cool. Like, man, I saw what you did out there. And it is, it's, it's an immediate connection. But it's, it's kind of challenging going out during intermission later on in the car. You know that's literally me now i'm wrestling a lot higher on the cards now but especially if i'm at a promotion that i never wrestled before you know going out during the mission it's hard to really sell stuff because they don't really know who you are you haven't wrestled yet they haven't seen what you can do um so um uh, i guess that's my least favorite part of uh of, 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 uh interacting during intermission um more to show that i haven't really wrestled yet because they don't know you they don't really know what to say to you you know um but yeah intermission intermission for sure is like one of my favorite parts because I literally get to interact with them And, get to me. and I think I'm able to maintain a relationship with my fans is because when they actually meet me. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about the actual wrestler and what I can do in the ring. That's cool. I have that. But I think the reason why I have majority of my opportunities and things that I've gotten is because of the way I handle myself. People like to be around me, you know what I mean?
3: Word. I do, I understand. What's um? What's the hardest you've ever been hit? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, are we talking punches or are we talking chops or
3: both? whatever you want to cover. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, I was <laughs>
1: maybe like two months or three months in. Um, I was wrestling as J.T. Funk, obviously, and I was put in with a, a guy by the name of Atomic Dog. He was my tag partner. And I wrestled a guy, there's two guys, it was a tag team match, a guy named Adam Flash, look him up, Adam Flash, he's a guy that's been on the Indies for a long time, and he's really good, and I didn't know who he was at that time, but now, going back on my research and stuff, Adam Flash is a big thing on the Indies, he wrestled at MCW, he wrestled with a lot of companies on the Indies, but he's a a really big, big name on the Indies, if you talk to somebody who's been on the Indies for a while and you mention Adam Flash, they know who he is, yeah. Google Adam Flash or YouTube Adam Flash. But um, it was him. I wrestled against Adam Flash, and his tag partner at the time was Rockin' Rebel. He's another guy that's been on the Indies for a long time. He actually wrestled for ECW very briefly. Um, but, yeah, uh, Rockin' Rebel. He, um, you know, I was selling during the match, and I was selling. Like, I had my head down, and, you know, my back was open. He gave me a chap to the back. Like an underhand chop to my back and it was the most pain I ever it was so painful. And not only was I was I wasn't expecting a chop on my back, you know, because normally if you sell if you got your chest out, you normally get a chop like that. So it's kinda expected. But I was selling down and he slapped me so hard on my back, I'm like, Oh man, it was the most pain I ever felt in my life from that <laughs> guy, man. It was a, a backhand chop. I've never gotten one since. But this excellent. Um, so, yeah, that was the most pain I ever felt. Yeah, that chop to my back was very
3: painful. <laughs> <laughs> and so, for my last question, man, where does JT Funk want to end up? Like, what's the end goal? Like
1: Um, honestly, my goal is, at first, when I first got into wrestling, my goal was to get signed by WWE. I think that's any, um... Uh, professional wrestlers do right but now with the AEW's and the ring of honors and all these different independent promotions where you can make you can make you um, you can make money you can make money um, legitimately you know without getting signed to WWE so that's that's a plus um so to answer your question just basically make a living off wrestling to where I don't have to work a nine to five job and I can just wrestle on 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 um, on a mainstream level. How about that? 'cause AEW's here now, so you can wrestle on the mainstream level you know what I mean? So yeah,
3: just just be able to make a living um, off wrestling. That's it. Word. Right.
0: Alrighty, I guess it's I guess it's my turn to step into the waters. Um my question for you would be what is the worst bump bump you've ever taken in your career?
1: That's a good question. I haven't really been asked that question. I literally gotta think, but give me a couple seconds. because I'm usually on it with these type of answers. Are oh, um, good. The worst bump I've, I've, I've ever taken. Jeez, um, that's a hard one. Can we come back to that one? Can I come just come back to that? question? yeah. yeah that's
0: that's all <laughs> fine. That's all fine. Alrighty, my next question would be, what would be your advice for up-and-coming wrestlers? Like, the the best advice you could give to up-and-coming wrestlers, trying to make it in the industry.
1: Um, I guess... Um, okay, I'm, I'm going to give you two. The, 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 the most important part is is really really how you carry yourself in and outside of the ring and what i mean by that is how you treat people how you talk to people you know because sometimes you know people people don't really you know because everybody's from different backgrounds and different cultures so sometimes they don't really understand certain stuff like certain body languages so um be you be be authentic be you don't be nobody else but you but just just be mindful how you talk to people how you you know because sometimes you know you could be dealing with somebody in the rest of the business, and you can literally mean good, and then they can literally say something to the promoter and be like, well, I felt, you know, I felt intimidated by him, or I felt like he tried to shoot on me. I felt like he tried to shoot on me. You know, it's just to be misunderstanding because that person didn't communicate with you. But um, number one, just how how you handle yourself in and outside of the ring. You know, like I told you before, a lot of my opportunities, okay, I get it that I'm very talented and I can do a lot of cool stuff, but I think a lot of my opportunities... A lot of my opportunities is from me, just how I handle myself. Like, promoters love being around me. The people in the locker room love being around me because I'm like, sure, you know, guys come up to me. Can I get in the ring? Can, can you um show me something or can we work on something? I'm like, absolutely. You know, anything wrestling-related, I'm down. So, like I said, I think I got a lot of my opportunities from just how I handle myself, you know. Um, like I said, I'm not taking away from what I can do in the ring, but I, I think I, more than that is how I handle myself. So, just... Be just try to handle yourself in a professional manner in and outside of the ring. You know what I mean? That's number one. Um and number two, um, I guess like you can definitely stay away from politics. Like, you know, stay out of that, you know, just stay away from politics. That's that's not a look. Stay away from it, you know. As long as you remain professional, as long as people like being around you, as long as promoters, as long as the promoters like being around you, you're good, you know. Obviously, people are gonna weed out the person that's trouble or the person that's starting conflict. You know, and that's always, not even just wrestling, it worked for me for life. Like, you know, people see how I act and how I treat people. So, a lot of times, they know I'm not the person that's starting trouble. You know what I mean? Um, So, that, that. And, um, just, uh, just don't take wrestling so serious. You know, we having fun. We're entertainers. You know, a lot of guys, it's not fun to them because they're so serious all the time. And what I mean by not taking it so serious, like, be in a locker room. Have fun, you know. In a match, have fun. Go out there and have a good time, you know. Make wrestling fun. I don't want to be in a locker room with guys where they're, like, too serious and you can't laugh and joke and you can't be you. Like, we're human at the end of the day. Like, I'm I'm, going I'm, to I'm bring it back, but I just want you all to understand what I mean by this, by not taking life and not taking wrestling so serious. So when I had my WWE tryout, um, the first person I spoke to when I got there uh, was Beth Phoenix, and we were all on eggshells when we first got there. I mean, all the guys that had to try out, we were all nervous. For shit, we're at WWE. We got to be in our A's and Q's, right? And Beth Phoenix told us, the first person we spoke to, she said, listen, I know you guys are nervous. I know you guys probably never been here before, but go and interact with people. Talk to people. She said, as long as people are not in the meeting, you know, if nobody's not in the meeting or if they're not talking to somebody, you're not buttoning them, or if you're not asking for autographs, because we're wrestlers, we're not supposed to ask other wrestlers for uh, autographs. Um. You know, but just be respectful. And when she said that, I was like, wow, this is right up my alley, because I'm a social butterfly, you know what I mean? I like talking to people. So, literally, when she told me that, I said, yeah. Still, some guys was hesitant. They was like, man, I'm not doing that. I'm going to just sit here. Man, that was the best decision I ever made. Because, again, as long as you're not disrespecting nobody, you know, I end up meeting me and Kofi Kingston are really good friends still to this day. We talked. I asked him a question. We literally talked for, like, 20 minutes. He asked me for a picture. I still got it on my phone. Um, I talked to, um, what's the black announcer on Monday Night Raw? I can't think of his name. Instantly.
2: Um, Byron Saxton.
1: Yes, me and Byron Saxton talked for like 30 minutes. Me and really cool. Um, I'm, I'm going to fly back to the original question, but I am just I just kind of want you guys to look, understand a little bit the why I'm why saying what doing? I'm saying. Um, yeah, so I was able to develop all these relationship guys. I even spoke, this name even shook my hand. Um, they did tell us not to speak to Brock Lesnar They told nobody to speak to Brock Lesnar So I didn't speak to Brock, I just nodded at him And he nodded back
3: <laughs> 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 I just
1: nodded back He um, he didn't really talk to anybody He liked to be by himself um, But I'm still a man and I'm still human um, I, I think if I would have spoke to him He probably once spoke back or probably wouldn't have spoke back But I don't think he would have been like Oh that guy spoke to me, I don't, I don't think he would have did that But um, I, you know So um, I even spoke to Vince, they told us don't speak to Vince I, sp- I spoke to Vince and Vince shook my hand, he said, I I appreciate you for being here, you know, I talked to Triple H you know, I talked to everybody, you know, as long as they wasn't busy, they were all human, they're human like me, so they all were open so, just those three things, man just, um, just be you be authentic, um, stay away from politics, um excuse me and, you know, and just be you in, in and outside of the ring, carry yourself in a really positive light, so that was that guys
0: all right, segue to my next question. What was what, what is your favorite promotion working at? Um,
1: I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it. Um, I'm gonna say it and I'm gonna t- I'm
3: gonna explain it to you why. So MCW, you guys heard of MCW, right? Yes, <laughs> sir. MCW,
1: that's like the big big promotion of wrestling in Indies. Like if you wrestle at MCW. You made it, kinda, right? You're a big right. thing, right? <laughs> man. Um, so one of the ways to get in MCW, they have birthday parties that you can do on the weekend, like Friday and Saturday. They have like birthday parties for the local kid for their birthday. And they have some of the talent there wrestle and some of their students in front of like kids, like maybe 10 or 15 kids, which is, is really fun, by the way. Um, that's one of the ways you can get booked at MCW because they can see what you can do, right? So uh, that was another place I got there. When I first got there, everybody's walking on eggshells. You know, you can't, you know, you got to walk on eggshells. I don't like walking on eggshells. That's not me. I need to be free as a bird. I need to be able to be me, you know. Um, And a lot of the students were walking on eggshells. And you couldn't say this, you couldn't say that. And I'm just like, like, why? Like, I'm still a human at the end of the day. Um, But I say MCW, I only wrestled here like a couple of times. But it was so fun because literally they kind of had me on eggshells in the beginning. But as time went on, I started gaining respect. From everybody, even the trainers, man, they were like, like we like JT, we want to bring him in. Like JT, when are you coming back again? And you know, um it was just fun, man, is because it was a birthday party. You know, it's not like an actual show. It's just like kids that just love wrestling. And what they do is they have guys come out to WWE theme songs because mm-hmm. uh, they said guys, you know, they watch, they only watch WWE, so. Um, the theme song I came out to was, uh, Br- Road Clay. Focus is on a road. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it fit me perfectly, man. Cause I'm like, damn, man, my Bruno, so- Bruno Mars song is perfect for my gimmick. And, um, I came out to that and, you know, some guys have fun. They come out with different WWE theme songs, but it was so much fun wrestling for MCW because the crowd are loyal. Um, and, um, the promoter of MCW, his brother is, um, the, a lawyer for Vince McMahon so that's kind of how they swap talent and stuff and you know they do things together. Like that. It's a direct uh white pole or loophole to WWE to MCW so that's why that's one of my favorite posts even though I only wrestled here a couple times I just had fun. it was so fun
0: all righty my next question is what was your favorite match in your career
1: My favorite match was against a guy by the name of frankie picard um he wrestled the ccw i don't know if you guys heard of him frankie picard um we wrestled and it was so much fun because i didn't realize how many fans that he had like he had fans in chicago this is before i wrestled in chicago he got fans in chicago he even got a few fans in the uk and those fans in the uk knew who i was because i wrestled him and we was doing this long feud on facebook and um we were just having so much fun with it. Um, so the gimmick was was I had a, a, a championship belt in in Delaware. So I came to CZW and I was like, listen, I got this idea. If I drop the belt to you at CZW, that'd create a buzz for both of us, and a lot of people go back in Delaware and be like, man, JT lost his championship belt or whatever. So it was this long. It was like two month feud and we were going back and forth on each other on facebook and people thought we were like people believed in it and he shot a promo with my girlfriend at the time basically shot a promo with her just like whispering in her ear and then like smiling at the camera and everybody's like texting me like jt like he's shooting a promo with your girl what's going on like <laughs> it, was so, it was so authentic man it was so fun man people really thought we was really going to kill each other and then like um uh, we main evented for the belt, which was like a mid-card belt. It wasn't even a big, it wasn't a heavyweight champion. So a mid-card belt that me and Frankie created all this publicity for ended up being a main event for a show. And that was my first main event match, too. So, And that was the first match like, I got put through a table. And that was the first match I put somebody else to the
3: table. So.
1: <laughs> it, it was, like, it was, it was action-packed. Like, I invited my grandmother. All my siblings came because I felt like not only not only was this my first main event, but, like, this was, like, a match that we went all out for. Like he got new gear, man. He came out with paint. It was like our WrestleMania kind of, you know, I had all the kids coming out with me with JT Funk t-shirts on. They came out first and then I came out behind them. It was just, it was
0: phenomenal. It was, that's my favorite match. Man, that's that's awesome. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to segue back into what's the worst bump you've ever taken. I gave you time to think about it. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm going to answer it um, in two ways. Um, the worst hole that I've been in, the worst hole, was a tra- uh, tarantula. The move that you did in the corner, that move where you wrap your line. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I, I had my trainer do it to me because he wanted to utilize moves so he wanted to practice. Man, that was the most pain I ever felt in my life. That tarantula is no joke. If a guy say, hey, I got a we're not doing it. I'm right? sorry. <laughs> not doing a tarantula, man. That move is so painful. And not only is it painful, it's so uncomfortable because your legs is, is, like, like squeezed and, like, bent. It's so uncomfortable, man. It's so uncomfortable. So if any guy say, hey, listen, I want to do the tr- – no, we're not doing it. I'm sorry. We can do anything else. I even take a Canadian destroyer, but I'm not taking a tarantula. So um, that's the most painful hole that I've been in. Um, I think the worst – the worst bump – yeah, I think the worst – yeah, the worst bump – Um will probably be, I don't remember who I took it from, but it's, it's the most uncomfortable because um, at that time, it's still kind of face bumps or not my favorite or my least favorite bumps, face bumps. Um, and then not only is it, it, was, it wasn't just a regular face bump. It was a top rope face bump. Uh, it was the uh, Beth finisher. finishing. I oh, no. Started.
2: Oh, the yeah, glam was, slam.
1: Yes. I took one no. of those. It was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was, yeah, yeah, it was. Not my favorite,
2: yeah. That type of bump is crazy, yeah. That answer is <laughs> oh man. So it's now time for the rapid fire question round. Okay. All right, so oh, fast,
1: basically. Yep, here's the
2: rules, all right? First thought that comes to your mind, all right. right. Okay, so there we go. The imaginary timer is on the clock, ding. Yeah, hear that, hear that imaginary timer, yeah, yeah, all, good. All, there, right? <laughs> yes, sir. all right, cool, all right, ready and. Favorite song? Uh,
1: If I Fall in Love by shot.
2: Hello, yes. Sorry. <laughs> uh, last time you laughed out loud?
1: Uh, earlier on this road trip.
2: Sprite or Sierra Mist?
1: Neither. I don't drink soda.
2: Awesome. SmackDown or Raw? Raw. <laughs> <laughs> last show you binge watch? Sorry? Last show you binge watched. What was your
3: question?
1: Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I haven't
2: been in a while. I don't, I don't know. The Parkers. <laughs> <laughs> Batman? <laughs> Batman or Iron Man?
1: Batman.
2: Yes, sir. <laughs> Favorite video game? Smackdown vs. Raw
1: 2007.
2: Hello. All right, it's so a Friday night. What's J.T. Funk doing on a Friday night? Say that one more time. We're
1: kind of breaking
2: up. I said uh, on a, it's a it's a Friday night. What's J.T. Funk doing on a regular old Friday night?
1: I'm at the bar, man. <laughs> I'm at the bar. And listen, not necessarily to drink, but just to interact with people
2: people at the bar they're like really fun. So yeah, the bar. <laughs> Alright, uh Mount Rushmore on a wrestling period. So who's on your Mount Rushmore? Oh man, that's a
1: good one. I don't never get this question. I don't never get this question, but I love it. Um uh, The Rock. hmm Hulk Hogan. And I don't like really like Hulk Hogan because
3: of the
1: stuff that he's been I forgive him though. But The Rock, Hulk Hogan Undertaker. Stone Cold, oh, this
2: is a hard one. Stone, Stone Cold. Alrighty, and then last but not least, what is your favorite cartoon? Um, uh,
1: Curse the Cowardly Dog. Let's go! Let's go! Oh, wow. Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: I had to think about
2: it cuz I couldn't really remember I haven't actually said that word in a while so think about it. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. Well then, that's the lightning round rapid fire question that I change the name up to every time I say it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Awesome. Oh man. Man, JT, it has been a freaking blast, bro. <laughs> I'm like super happy you were able to come on.
1: Listen, I really, really enjoyed it, man. Like I said, and the rapid questions and just questions that I've never been asked before. Normally, I get, you know, the same type of questions on podcasts. But literally, almost every question you ask me, I've never been asked before, which is cool. So, yes, I really
2: enjoyed. It. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, thank you so much, man. So, you get, we gotta have you back another time, definitely. Uh, we gotta have you as a guest on our uh, on our debate show. So we will definitely have you back on, even if I have to, like, strangle uh, Cliff to make make it happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, me and Cliff keep in contact a lot through Facebook, which is cool. Um, yeah, like I said, I really, really do appreciate you guys for bringing me on. I had a ton of fun on here. And I'm actually in the car right now headed back home because I'm, I'm coming from South Carolina. So I was actually talking to my friend because he's driving. And I'm, like, directing him and, you know, interviewing you guys. I mean, you guys interviewed me. Uh, But yeah, it's been really, really fun, and I I like when people ask me stuff that I've never really been asked before, because I get to think, and it's genuine, you know? It's it's, it's genuine, so I appreciate you guys for having me, and anytime you guys want me to come back, or if you guys want me to do a to I'm there. Just tell me a date, and I'm there.
2: Facts. You guys heard it here. J.T. Funk said he'll be back anytime, so we're going to make that happen. So with that being said, let me sign off. My name is Chaz Evans. Here with Cliff Red Dog Miller, JJ, Chris Idols out fighting the, uh, the good fight with the Rona, and we got the man JT Funk on here. We will catch you guys next time on the three count. <laughs>
3: hey
2: guys, it's the icon Chaz Evans here with the three count. Um, if you like this clip that you just seen, make sure you follow us on all our social media platforms: it's Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, uh, Facebook it, PhotoBucket, all that. And talk about it. Talk about what you seen. Talk about what you heard. And if you like us a lot, a lot, how about you go check us, check us out on
3: all your streaming platforms and make sure to listen to three count. Icon out.